Mercedes announced a fourth partner in their team, a sandbagging company. Did Daniel Ricciardo looking pretty solid in a McLaren and Red Bulls on the charge? Stick with us as we talk about F1 2021 testing in this episode of the Oz F1 show. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm joined by my friends and yours. They're dancing because they're just absolute idiots, but they're not my friends. The they're your friends. Tommy T, Campy, you know. your friends in Formula One. Uh, lads, you joined me from Melbourne. How is it in the Soviet South? It's getting better. We're picking up slowly. It's getting better. We're not in a good set this time. It's a bit of a makeshift set, but it'll do. We're uh, a bit constricted by COVID, but that's all right. We'll make it happen. Yeah. You look like you're coming to us live from the Oz F1 commentary box, uh, which if anything (laughs) by our uh, chats on a Saturday night were to go with Campy, then (laughs) we're doing that. You look like Ben Fordham and Ray Hadley together. That's a disappointing (laughs) thought. Uh, Well, boys, uh, (laughs) the preseason testing is done. Season is done. Uh, sorry, preseason's done. The season's almost underway. Uh, of course, Netflix Drive to Survive being released this yeah. Friday in between season testing and the season to start, which is going to be good. And uh, we've got some content uh, for you for that as well when that finally is released. But boys, three days in yet another boring track. It's normally in Spain, but of course, because of COVID and a whole bunch of other stuff, we didn't go to Barcelona for our testing. We went to Bahrain. <laughs> The normal Bahrain, unfortunately not Bahrain Ooh. too, but um, at least we were able to watch testing here in Australia. Wink, wink. Where? How? Because Whereabouts and how? The, because the rights holders weren't oh. showing it. I've seen better bootlegged films of some dude over his shoulder. This is rubbish. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to rag on our uh, Australian broadcaster, but yes, you do. Look, I think I've said yes, it before. Got the be- <laughs> when they signed these rights, they had the best interest for motorsport at heart, but the rollout of it has failed. And all we want as fans is to watch testing. It's easy to do, and you've got an F1 dedicated channel when you need it to play F1 minis over the weekend when we'd really want to watch <laughs> testing. So thanks to the glorious internet. It's already been broadcast. There's a few Just illegal streaming what? things going on live, which I... Thanks to Discord chat and a few of the guys in there, uh, found my way to some good ones. So I watched most of it. Don't get into any trouble. Sorry, snitches get <laughs> stitches. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point, is it not? It's ridiculous that people have to rely on illegal streaming basically in this country to even bloody watch what is effectively a full weekend of Formula One. It's like watching a P1, P2 qualifying and Q3. Well, uh, sorry, P3 qualifying and in the race over a three-day anyway, period. So. Even though you, you're on the on like Fox Sports 506 or on KO, you can't find it. It's ridiculous. But uh, if you're managing to, to watch it, then well done to you. Uh, but there's, there is some key takeaways, isn't there, boys, from testing that we want to go through. Uh, it was three days. But Campy, can you actually just explain to us why teams do winter testing before the start of the season? Oh, it's just to get the glitches out, really. It's to put the, tr- the track that they've designed on computers and they've physically made 
Now you need to get out there and actually test them to make sure that everything works. I mean, I'd hate to think about the software that goes into these um, cars to run them, uh, the engine mapping, the controls, all the radios. I mean, you look at these uh, steering wheels and the amount of switches and electronics that go into that. There must be a fairly decent-sized computer that's doing a whole lot. So, I mean, with any technology you get, you've got to got to put the car on the track and iron out all the small issues that uh, that can arise. Tommy, your thoughts of what testing was like this year, obviously truncated being only three days. Yeah, I mean, exactly what Camby said. I mean, there was a lot more to do. I don't think anyone was mucking around just like having a couple of joy laughs. It was like we've got some serious work to get through. You can only do so much on computers and in wind tunnels and all those kind of things. You need to actually physically get out and see how the car's performing. And also it's the driver's chance to see what the car's going to be like for the season. So it's just as important for them to get laps under their belt in that new car. Not that there's that many changes this year, but apparently the floor is really difficult to deal with for a lot of teams. So we'll talk a bit more about that later. But it's, it's the best chance they're going to have before they go into round one to deal with that car. And all the development that happens on these cars happens off track on a computer and a simulation model. So if they don't get the base level information about aerodynamics on the car right during testing, then for the rest of the year, whatever they try and do off track is really failed because uh, they don't have that solid base of information. But uh, it was incredible to see now. That, like, I just, this time of year is good. It's a good buzz about it. Usually Melbourne's buzzing. Ironically, we should be in having a Grand Prix in Melbourne just this weekend gone and uh, we would have been coming off a high on that. But, well, we've had no COVID cases for almost a year now, so <laughs> still in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise this was Sky News where we are just making up facts. Um, well, in terms of a couple of different points to take away, um, the first that I want to talk about over the entire time of the three-day test is Red Bull. Uh, Max came out of the gate looking very, very stable and solid and comfortable, obviously. As we mentioned just before, Tommy, the, the floor has changed. If you watched Ted's notebook, you would have noticed that Ted was walking around with a piece of cheese um, to signify the exact kind of uh, shape that the floor was missing compared to last year. Um, and he and Seb had a wonderful time. So just Ted absolutely looking like some weird shopper carrying a plastic bag around with a wedge of cheese in it that had half melted in the Bahrain heat. Anyway, um, but really, it was to highlight how much things had changed. Red Bull, as I said, seemed pretty comfortable. Uh, Sergio Perez, now obviously the driver alongside Max Verstappen, saying that he can understand why people like Albon and Pierre Gasly may have struggled a little bit in the Red Bull and that it's a car that is difficult to potentially get a hold of or get a grip of. But certainly he seemed pretty comfortable, different position, obviously driving-wise compared to being in a racing point for the last seven years or Force India or Aston Martin or whatever it's called or Jordan this, this week. Um, but Red Bull are good and the buzz is that they're really going to be a championship competing team. But let's be honest, as I said in the intro, sandbags plus Mercedes equals testing. Usually, Campy, your thoughts on the Red Bull and Mercedes dilemma? Uh, look, this is testing. You cannot read anything into it. I, whether teams are sandbagging, I don't think Mercedes decided that they'd have some gearbox issues on day one and they looked like they had a few chinks in their armour. But I don't care what testing says. They did this two years ago and came out and smoked everybody. Yeah. 
So, look, we don't mm-hmm. really know what sort of fuel loads they were running, what strategies they were running. Look, what we do know is that teams are, are getting a base setting for their aero. They're also getting race pace and tyre analysis down and um, and on the higher fuel on higher fuel loads. Not max, but the general talk was about 60 to 70 litres worth of fuel throughout the whole throughout the whole weekend is what they started on then went down to the, you know, the 30 at, the, at a minimum. No one really goes below that because... Uh, they should be able to correlate that information and have a pretty good idea of where they're at. The interesting thing about Max is uh, he did a couple of hundred laps. He, he looks strong. He's got a confidence about him, I think. Um, yep, he's quietly confident this year. And they were just talking about his driving style and what makes his driving so much quicker than these uh, guys that have come up against him in the past. He seems to flick the car in really quickly and then have a cat-like reflex and catch the response to the car. So it's almost like throwing it in, feeling it starting to drift or the four-wheel drift that they need to get to the, for the maximum performance. And then he just slightly corrects it as he goes in. And, and um, Brundle did a really good analysis on it. He said "Not there's no other driver on the grid currently that do it. And he reckons that Nigel Mansell and uh, Senna were the only two drivers that had the same sort of input into their steering wheel. So that was a good piece of uh, information that I took away from it and it makes sense to why Max extracts so much more time than his teammates at times. Yeah, I mean, to your point, James, about Sergio saying he can see why others have struggled, I think that's he's just laying a bit of a, a softener for his season. So if he does well, he'll look good. If he doesn't do so well, he's got an excuse kind of inbuilt there as well. So... But ge- genuinely, Red Bull did look good. I think they're always going to look good yep. with these changes because of the way their car is set up with a big higher rake and those kind of things. The floor is less impactful in the areas that have had to change for these regulations. So they're always going to have their own ways to deal with it. But I think they look good. And then, yeah, to your point about Mercedes, <laughs> seen this. <laughs> Replay. Yep. Yeah, Would same not story surprise every me if they year. come out. Yep. Would not surprise me if they come out and go twenty one from twenty one races. Yeah, they're just they're that <laughs> good. Hopefully, it's Valtteri Bottas, and it was unfair, really, for him that he basically missed, you know, the most of his first day of testing or a third of testing for the fact of his gearbox issues, throwing error codes, and only six laps. Um, but as you say, Mercedes are a strong team, and you know they they hid their floor. For ages until it broke cover this time around, and you know we can go into more detail in that at some other point. I'm sure, Campy, you can do a uh, a blog post on why the floor is so unique. But talking about floors and things that were hidden from us, what I didn't realise really until now is uh, McLaren. You are is McLaren, (laughs) and and the the back of the McLaren wasn't really shown uh, that much until this testing. And a lot of people are going, "Oh wow, there's actually you know around these rules of the height of the floor and." where different bits and pieces are. McLaren have had this workaround, which is within the rules, but seems to be doing wonderful, wonderful things for their aero for, for the car. And, of course, as we said in our last episode, McLaren have used a lot of their development tokens on the power unit. So to have this up their sleeve looks pretty strong. The entire weekend, they, uh, they looked really good. Their reliability was there. That was obviously a concern with a whole new power unit and adding that into a car, which is very similar to last year, was yep. good to go. But it looked good. Danny, Rick and both Lando looked really, really Impressed. comfortable in the car. Genuinely thought they were going to have the toughest of anyone, really, because they had so much changing. Like, yep. it's no small 
amount of work to change over an engine manufacturer. Like yeah. everything is different, all the mounting points, the way it fits, and especially how the side pods are now molded around it. Yep. It's a tight fit with the same manufacturer, let alone just changing it completely. So for them to come out pretty much incident-free and put up some really good laps, Danny Rick topping every first session, Lando coming out in the afternoons and doing the same was pretty impressive to see. Um, and, yeah, the very interesting style they've got towards the rear end of that car, the way that they're funneling air up and around those rear tyres. Camping can probably speak more to well, what they're doing there. I've spoken in our tech talk, I don't know if it's out yet, but under the back of the floor they've got these little winglets and they got reduced this year from 100 mil to 50 mil. Um, but what McLaren have actually done is where the diffuser meets the back of the floor, they've actually got the diffuser going underneath the floor and coming out sort of halfway between <laughs> like the top of the floor and the bottom of the floor. So they're actually over that 50 mil, but it's not classified as a winglet. I can't remember mm. the correct term that they use for them. But So it's an interesting way. It's like, it's like when Ross Braun was talking about with the double diffuser in 2009, he said there's a hole coming through the floor, but he explained how a hole was not really a hole in the floor. <laughs> this is the beauty of <laughs> F1, really. You can get away with... Interpretation. <laughs> yeah, interp- lawyers? Interpretation. So, and Mercedes seems... Uh, sorry, McLaren, the other one that picked this up, but yeah. in saying that, the thing that was consistent... And we can't read into testing and times and all that. The thing that was consistent throughout all the commentators said McLaren looked solid on yeah. track. They looked stable. Planted. Planted. Mm. The, gener- the, the, the downforce that they were generating through the high speed and the slow speed corners was uh, as good as anybody else on the grid, if not better. So that's the key takeaway. And Danny Rick gave us a nice little message about uh, 10 to 12 this morning saying hello to all the... Yes, fans, which so legally we nice. couldn't listen to until afterwards. <laughs> no, I watched it live because, you know, I found somewhere on the internet. Love that. But it doesn't uh, yeah, surprise no, me, I'll, does it? It doesn't surprise I'm, anybody I'm, watching this canvy, to be completely honest. Look, I'm not a – look, I'm, I want to keep the hype down on McLaren. We need to reassess this after five or six races, but I'm quietly confident, but I'm not going to talk them up until Danny Ricks won two out of the first three. Too late. So. It's too late, I'm fully committed, and obviously (laughs) our merch is fully committed. Look behind you. All of that is just the same colour as the car. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it's – I mean, this is his best opportunity, lads, to to get to a a world championship, I think – that he's ever had before. Better than even if he was driving this Red Bull RB16B this year. It's it's great, and it's all up for next year, right? So McLaren have showed us that – Within some rule changes, they've been able to design this really cool things with the strikes at the bottom of the car, um, and hopefully that continues going forward. But that's that's cool. Um, let's have a look at some new drivers to the uh, to the season and, and the return of Fernando Alonso. Let's talk about him first. He broke his jaw in a cycling accident, um, which uh, was obviously not great news or great timing for him. But he looked pretty fine uh, and Didn't really comfortable in that uh, Alpine, which. No, <laughs> still a solid jawline, not as solid as DC, but, you know, he's happy to be here to take up the slack from him. But how good does that Alpine look on track? I think that's the best-looking livery, um, and it's almost like the Kachow flash from, really? from Lightning McQueen because that's, like, reflective. Yeah, I love no, how it reflects the, the sunlight, to be honest. I'm not into it. But what do you think I'm about not. Fernando Campy? Oh, his his return, good. he looked pretty like he, he hasn't been gone. 
That's oh, a lot yeah. of laps, mate. There's a lot of laps. Didn't miss a beat, really, did he? No. Nah. Looked quick when he needed to be quick. Uh, looked solid. Consistency. This guy, he could take five years out and come back and do the same thing. He'll eventually drop off. I mean, just naturally he will, but I think he's got another two or three good years in him. He still looks super fit, mate. Oh. Like, Well, I mean, he's done Dakar and he's been doing the, yeah. the endurance championship as well. I mean, the guy's just... The guy's just got that natural ability like a Max Verstappen when he jumps behind a car. He can drive anything. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he's at this year. Um, whether or not he's in the car and get him a championship, but he's firmly focused on next year, in my opinion. For sure. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, Tommy T, um, he was fairly consistent the entire time. Not Obviously not the fastest, but we've said that times don't matter at all when it comes to testing. Um, but he actually presented really well to camera, spoke really well, walked us through everything. Um, love, love his hat that he's got. Like the whole package for him, in my mind, this is the best looking rookie for the year, uh, at least in the, in the best package over Schumacher, unfortunately, in that uh, Russian flagged car. I mean, America, I mean, has, I mean, something. <laughs> I was not expecting Yuki to be so polished. And like we'd watched a little bits of F2, but you don't really see the drivers getting to talk as much. You get to watch on-track action and then they cut to the real big race. So it was really good. He seems like he's going to be – he's not going to be a character like we expect from like Lando or Danny, but he's going to oh, be pretty good. He's, he's going to be interesting. He's got some good radio from memory. Yeah, and he's, got, he's got some good radio. He does, but, but also – can I just say he's already interesting enough on the F1 Instagram page, the photo of the drivers uh, and someone was – because he's so short. So Fernando short, Alonso um, was standing in front of him and basically all you could see was this part of Yuki and he comments, <laughs> where's me? <laughs> <laughs> so his banter is there. I think he's just gone from – you know, he's done what we want Oscar Piastri to do, right? He's gone yep. 2018 yep. – F3 or 2019, you know, 2020 F2, um, 2021 F1. So yeah. the dude has clearly got the talent to, to progress. So, I, look, I yeah. hope that he does well, to be honest. To be honest, he's going to be in the better car out of the rookies too. Yeah. He's got the better car, so and he's got the chance oh, for sure. to prove it. For sure. Zero, zero mistakes. Um, didn't spin it, didn't lock up. Zero mistakes. When I say zero, didn't make a mistake all weekend, no. which, is, uh, which is rare. Which is rare for a guy that hasn't driven a lot of F1 cars. I mean, you look at Mick Schumacher, he's, he's, he's had the chance to drive F1 cars before. So um, I'll move on to the next two, Schumacher and Mazepin. You know. eh. They're in a tough spot this year. Oh, that car's going to be a dog. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> it's already a dog and it's not going to get improved on the whole year. Yeah, you're right, because <laughs> Tars have already come out and said we're not developing this we're car at all. It. Well, they didn't really develop it last year, so they've got the same yeah. car from last year with a few changes, minor. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a tough year for them, but I think they'll they'll get a couple of years, both of them, to prove themselves in F1. <laughs> but they weren't, again, the talk wasn't about Mick Schumacher and how well he was driving, because... The car's a heaper, and we don't really know. <laughs> I would suggest Haas will be at the back of the grid. Mazepin, yeah. he's not going near the media for at least the first six months of his career, um, just because he made a fool of himself last year before he'd even made his debut. So I think, uh, yeah, we're not going to hear him up, hear a lot from Haas this year. No, I, and I don't mind the livery change. I, I kind of like the livery change, to be honest. That's probably one of the better changes, I think. Yeah, the red, white, and blue. I think... 
It's going to be interesting. Obviously, oh, it's definitely Hassan. the red, white, and blue. <laughs> oh, yeah. America. Definitely not the rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's think, definitely the flag they were yeah. going for, yeah. They've, um, they're not going to make changes. They've already said Gunter's going to hold up in the uh, Ferrari base and get as much as he can ready for next year. Yeah. And they're just going to kind of let this car run, see how they go. I think Mazepin's really got to watch himself. He was very dangerous on track over a practice weekend. Oh. <laughs> that guy needs to settle down. If he's going to get out there, he's going to get so many points on his license, he's going to get rid of him. So that's kind of his biggest Hey, everyone loves thing. a pasta bell tonight on the grid. <laughs> or the torpedo. We need one. Yeah, I but pasta was funny. Kiviat's done. We've got another Russian in. Let's do it. Who's the next Russian? No, Kvyat is in Alpine. You don't know. Oh, you don't that's know what happens. Right. He might come yes. back in some other random team. He might I mean, come back reckon, to Toro Rosso again. I mean, Alfatari. I, I reckon Putin's going to appear topless in the uh, Haas car this year <laughs> <laughs> for his calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That's, that's well, something about I Williams? wanted to visualise. Should we talk about Williams? I think Williams has probably got one of the best liveries. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but I really like it. I think it looks Everyone hates it. it. I love I it. I think it looks great it looks too. Great. I'm with, yeah. I'm with you, it? Tommy T. Tell me I why I love it. really good. You guys are dickheads. What's wrong with you? Have you got eyes? <laughs> you just want to know liveries from Red Bull. That's all that'll make you happy. That's all you want. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, it's true. Uh not much to say about Williams. I think they've got a real chance to step above Alfa Romeo this year. Like we're talking about them now as and like Haas. the second worst because we, we're assuming Haas is going to be the worst, surely, guys. They're not going to develop the car. They've got to be at the back. But I think Williams has got a chance to be third last. I think Alfa could drop to second last. So two consistent drivers. Latifi wasn't good, wasn't bad last year. I think he was fine. Depends on how the Alfa card is developed. I think that's going to be the biggest thing because that Williams car is improving and it has a better engine in it. Yeah, Latifi, he looked good. I mean, uh, yeah, George sure. looked good too. I mean, a, a full year in F1, going into the second year, it's a lot calmer, there's a lot less going on. You know the schedule, you know the team, they know the inner workings, they know what they've got to get through, they're pretty well drilled. And I just thought they looked composed, both of them on track when they were driving. And Roy Nassani too on day one. Uh, he, he looks good. I mean, he had the worst conditions Throughout the whole test on that on that first day, but he was good. He's solid. He competed. He, I mean, how many laps did he do, Jim? Um, Hundred. A ridiculous number is the answer to that question. But he's good. I think it was good for his development. Um, I'm not sure he'll get a drive or a seat in the future, but he's got cash, so you never really know. Um, but yeah, they look composed. I think they're on the up. Um, first year without Williams ownership. Interesting to see what. T- Direction Dalton Capital take it this year, or if they're really the bulk of their investment will come next year into that car. But um, yeah, they were good. I think George George will dominate Latifi again this year. Yeah, um, he's just got that. It's just waiting. Isn't I it? think it's interesting after stepping, after stepping into that Mercedes last year and that race that he had, um, which ultimately ended in tragedy for him. But I think, I think, I think he's, I think he's the real deal. So he'll just have another year where he learns and gets better at his craft. Off track, on track, he's pretty good and we'll go from there. Alfa Romeo, to be honest, I think Tommy are looking pretty strong. Um, you know, Kimi and Antonio, lots of experience obviously between both of them, especially on Kimi's yeah. side. But the car looks fairly strong. Obviously a new Ferrari power unit this year and hopefully it's a step up from where they were last year. Potentially, I know you're saying Williams and, and around that, 
the, the bulk of the cash from Dalton Capital will be for 2022. It can't be, as you said, but at least there's been some investment on this end. I, I just, I don't know. I think they'll yeah. maybe come up against it with Alfa Romeo because they look interesting. pretty good. But again, consistent. Um, and it's really going to be that end of big the laps. pack in terms of rather, you know, than the middle group or the front of the pack where we're not really yeah. sure who, who, where's going to be, who's going to be where rather. Um, it'd be good. It'd be good to see George and, and um, Kimmy actually competing properly for a change rather than one of them being on a, just a terrible strategy and the other one being able to get past like was last year. Uh, but Alfa Romeo's livery looks good. They've basically just inverted the colours as well. Williams' livery looks good. Haas, as you said, um, the red, white and blue, not in that order. Um, Alfa Tauri looks really kick-ass as well in terms of a livery, I think, Campy. Um, how does that go from your collection as a designer? Thoughts? The designer? I'm wearing some design brands today too, so I'm stepping up in the fashion game. Man of the people. <laughs> Man of the people. Ah, uh, yeah, Alfa Tauri. <laughs> that That's the best livery on the grid, I think. That's You're off your head. Still looks good. Mate, they look it looks good. great. They look, it looks great. Alpha Tori as a team look good. Terry, Tori, Terry. They look good this weekend. What about your whipping weekend. boy? <laughs> you like your whipping boy? Is he your whipping boy still? Yeah, Toro still Rosso. Can boy, I get a whipping boy update? Yeah, he's my whipping boy, definitely. Because there's no one else on the grid. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to look through it. Lance Stroll, I said I wasn't going to go on him because his dad's loaded, but, I mean, that guy's got... Is that hit too close <laughs> to home? <laughs> well, yeah. I know it's like to have a cool dad, <laughs> Nah, well, that was Mick doing. Cool dad underperforming, son. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, no, Hi, Terry Senior. Thanks for watching. Alpha Sorry about your good. son. Do you know what the worst looking livery on the car, the worst looking car livery wise on the grid is? It's Ferrari. It's disgusting. It looks like there's an oh. oil leak somewhere mid of the car. <laughs> which puts it onto the rear wing and someone's thrown up with a green throw up emoji color and the mission without things like, can you, oh. do, can you guys be good at anything? You're terrible oh, at making a car. You're terrible at cheating. And now you're terrible at the design. I think they forgot about it and they did it real last minute. I don't mind the green. I reckon the greens are all right. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. What about the Aston? Do you like the Aston British racing green? Could have been greener. That's <sighs> Could have been greener. It's nice to have British racing green back. Yeah. Could have been greener. I like the pink stripe up the end. It's not really pink. It's not like the pink of last year. It's more of a... It's BWT though, isn't it? Just got to get a bit of something in there. But that's, that just now exists on Sebastian Vettel's helmet. That's yeah. that's where which, the pink panther which is. Which is part he of the car, I guess. Design completely. Well, not designed, but colours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and McLaren, obviously, we, we love how that looks. Hasn't changed much at all. Red Bull, copy-paste from like... you know. The, in the entire time of their existence. Um, and Mercedes have just gone nuts with copy-paste AMG logo down the side of their car. But You like um, the Alpine. It's, it's nice to see. I think the Alpine looks like, cool. Honestly, like the, they, the winter testing that livery was boring. bloody huge. It's a fat head. Cool. Fat it's head. cool. It's nice to have a change, isn't it? Jeez. It's, it's, a big, it off, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big old square like man can be. <laughs> yeah. And even more so now you've had your hair chopped off, mm-hmm. uh, we can we can notice it. We'll see Still more of that with it's less headphones later. Shut up. Like if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, by the way, uh, Tommy hair, Thank you Tommy's for forehead you like is available. After it's been cut, really helpful. Thank you. Hey, like, I know, like, getting off topic, I know you. I didn't realise it was that long. Bloody long. <laughs> Until you had it out for that filming day. 
if you guys care, which you don't, but if you do, the reason I cut it is because it was always just put up anyway, so I might as well just cut it. It was never out. Yeah. What's the point? The only yeah, time right. it was out with any relevance was when we were talking about man buns. Correct. And Ooh. that was it. And now you've so cut it. I, so I that's going to no look good for the episode where, which comes yeah. after this. Yeah. I'm no longer it's the ugliest on the well, podcast, boys, that's so I'm just stuck. Speak for yourself. Hey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Took me a second. The dumbest too. Oh, don't turn to the side, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. There's a lot of things that agree about this, but uh, well, boys, that's really all we need to know from testing. Like a lot to read into it, and at the same time, not a lot to read into it, uh, which is good. It's what we like. But we're only yeah. two weeks away from Formula One that's actually it. happening. The good thing, at least, about testing at Bahrain means Danny Rick has some good period of time in a car the car is actually going to drive around this racetrack before the race yep. so that's good to go hey one uh, the thing, one thing Jim. i wanted to mention is these one uh, amazing t-shirts that we've just put together <laughs> and legends t-shirts yes. which uh will, there will be a link or a picture of what that looks like here uh jump on and grab one because tommy t has designed this and they look bloody amazing we literally released them last night uh so yes. check out the, in the link in the description below f- for that but tommy one last thing one more thing one more thing the great man we, murray walker oh, we, should great man. we did a post yesterday um, we did do a post. We, yes, we did. We recorded an episode a bit earlier that hasn't been released yet, and we were talking about the classic '89 Japan race. Oh, and we had a we had a whole section about Murray and how great it oh, was. So if you if you want to go check that out, you can you can see that. But just quickly, incredible the voice of F one. We we kind of now have grown up with Crofty as the voice somewhat, but no one can deny it's Murray Walker. He's incredible. Some of his one-liners yep. were next level. That guy. Literally epic. It's it's hard to associate Formula One coverage without him and what it sounds like. He's part of the soundtrack, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the thing that amazes me about like that generation of, of people. I mean, '97 is a is a oh. fantastic innings. But you think about the life that he's lived. He was uh, he was in the British uh, uh, British Army, is in the tank division throughout World War Two. So he served his country there, and uh, then you know, 25, 20 years after that. 25 years after the World War II, that's when he started yeah. his whole new life as commentating for Formula One. And his, his dad was a world champion uh, motorcyclist as well. So, look, the guy's legacy and um, incredible story. what he's done for our sport, incredible story, incredible guy, great innings, sad to lose you. And it's also the anniversary of Charlie Whiting from a couple of years ago, which is, yep. yeah, it's pretty brutal when you look at it like that. But, um, hey, it's just life and, hey, we wish – his family, all the best, and all those mourners, particularly out through the UK. Um, you sort of grew up with him, and we're witnessing the changes of what commentary has been, but he really established it, and I think he'll always be a legend in this sport. Well, on that note, uh, on a very sad note, but indeed in a very important one, Murray Walker, OBE, rest in peace, and we will definitely miss your input. And uh, if you haven't yet, Check out uh, the podcast, the official F1 podcast that they did with him, an interview with him and Tom Clarkson um, from a couple of years ago. He still had it, was still across everything going on in the F1 paddock. Amazing, amazing stuff. 
Uh, well, thanks so much for watching this episode of the Oz F1 show, just to lift it a little bit. Um, <laughs> we uh, we really love doing this, this new season. You'll uh, notice, obviously, the, the different set uh, for those boys. Uh, I'll be back down in the studio with you very shortly, though. But uh, for now, oh, no. it's time to say goodbye. Please don't forget to subscribe. Do all that sort of good stuff because I know, yes, the subscription thing is terrible. Everybody YouTuber tells you to do those. But anyway, thanks for that. We'll, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.